me see if this works. All right, cool. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to episode number 10 of Backstage Ballers. I'm your host, Ross Kogan, and I'm here with Nish Patel, founder and CEO of Clutch Points. What's up? What's up, Nish? Hey, man. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Got you. So let's jump right in the first question. We were talking a little bit before we started recording about how you found inspiration for Clutch Points and kind of just how it, how it was created. Do you want to talk a little about that? Yeah, so the Clutch Point story, it's really interesting, right? I, I, was, I, I was born and raised here in SoCal, uh, big, big NBA fan, big Laker fan, um, born in 92. So the real basketball I really remember was the Shaq-Kobe era, right? I was, I was seven, eight years old when the whole um, Kobe-Shaq three-peat began. So that's kind of where I got immersed in the basketball, became a huge Kobe fan back then, and got to see uh, when Kobe retired, I was like, what, 24 years old. So he was around for basically my, my entire life, everything I remember. So I associate basketball synonymously with Kobe. Um, and that's kind of the way I saw it. And right. as I kind of evolved um, going through middle school, high school, um, college, I kind of evolved as he changed, right? He started out as number eight. Um, and that was the number eight was the one that made a few mistakes. And number 24 is the one that's that learned right. from it. And, and, I was kind of using that same mentality, like, right, I can make mistakes along the way, but the main thing is how do I learn from it and how do I become better overall? So um, the first fan page I actually made was freshman year at UCLA, um, sitting in my dorm room, I made a fan page around Derrick Rose. So it was really Derrick Rose fan page, hardcore D Rose fan, right? I, I was going to be on the Bulls then, right? It was on the Bulls then. This was before his MVP season. Um, it was, what was it, in 2011. So just started getting with the, the hype train with the Bulls, Derrick Rose. They had like the Ben Gordon, Luol Deng, Joe Kido, right. that whole that era. Fun, that was a fun team. But yeah, fun team. They they could have they could have won it. They could have taken it all the way. They just ran into some issues and ran into LeBron. That was a big issue for them too. Right. Um, but yeah, so that started that fan page. Did really well, obviously. Um, we got a ton of fans. We had like 100,000 fans, just D-Rose specific fans, right? And I was building like some e-commerce around it and just trying to build a unique brand around, around Derrick Rose and Derrick Rose fans in general. Um, so that, that was kind of the starting point. And then he went out with his slew of injuries, right. That kind right. of, kind of, uh, That's unfortunate, changed, right. changed the course of his career. And, and not just that, it changed the course of how I looked at social media in general too. I was like, Hey, I have a hundred thousand fans, but like, I can't just put all my eggs into the Derrick Rose basket. Cause I, you never run out, out of content. Yeah, and I kind of learned from the other guys. Like, like Nike doesn't just have one athlete. Adidas doesn't just have one athlete. You gotta, you gotta kind of be across, across multiple different um, players and diversify. Yeah, so that's kind of where I started looking at the bigger picture. And in 2012, the first thing I kind of did was built. Um, it was around midterms week at UCLA, and it was every time, every midterms week, social media activity goes through the roof because everyone's trying to get away from studying and be on. And we had a thing going viral at UCLA called UCLA memes. And it was just literally memes around campus and all the students would laugh and make jokes and things right. like that. Um, and this was a few years after like Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love had left UCLA. So I was like, hey, this is great for UCLA, but I'm a big NBA fan. Me and my roommates are always making fun of what's going on with basketball um, and the games and we're always watching them. Why don't I just make jokes about the NBA? So I created a page called NBA memes on Facebook um, it started going viral. Um, and, and how I did that is how to get it viral is I created content around like Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook, some of the old UCLA guys and like right. cross pollinated it. Cause it made sense with the UCLA audience. And also I was able to extract the UCLA memes fans that were also I'm sure they loved it. Yeah. So they loved it. Uh, we had a hundred thousand fans in a week. Uh, we had, we had close to a million fans in a month and it kind of snowballed from there. And, and 
I always still had that same mentality from that D Rose page. I was like, okay, this is great, but let's keep diversifying and build as much as we can right now and take advantage of it. So use that UCLA meme. So this is also when Kobe was out with his injuries um, towards the okay. end of his career. So I was trying to figure out, okay, like I'm a Laker fan and I'm struggling to find content on Sports Center about the Lakers, right? All they were doing was talking about the um, LeBron and the Heat um, and right. the other teams that were in the playoffs and the finals during that time, right? Because that's what these, these outlets got, have to do, right? They have to appease um, what's the happening. Masses. Right. Yeah, and, and the masses. So me as a Laker fan, I was struggling to find content about my team. I was thinking about like the Hawks fans, the Hornets fans, the smaller market teams, like how are they even getting views? So right. what I what I started doing is creating individual fan pages for all the different NBA teams. So everything from like Hawks nation to Clippers nation, the Warriors nation, the Cavs nation, kind of all the different NBA teams. And then as news would happen, like, Hey, the Cavs selected Kyrie Irving with the first pick of the NBA draft. We cross pollinate that Kyrie, Kyrie content with, with memes on NBA memes or across other pages and, right. and things like that and kind of use that same cross pollinating tactic. I learned with UCLA memes and, and keep duplicating them. And that slowly became Clutch Points. How did you get that name? Yeah, so 2012, that happened. It kept growing. Um, and then eventually it was like, we have all these scattered pages, but what is our brand, right? So right. then in 2014, we're like, okay, let's establish a brand. So clutchpoints.com. Um, also, we had to figure out a way to make money on this, right? And build a business and hire people. So started clutchpoints.com. Uh, writers, editors, reporters, we hired all three of those um, and just started producing article content, right? At the beginning, it was a, a lot of aggregation, just finding news, updates. Then we started getting some more sources, interviews, starting into arenas and just tried building our own voice in that space. Were you bringing in enough revenue at that point where you could, you know, start hiring editors? Yeah, no, so we were making revenue through social. So initially when we first started between 2012 and 2014, we were basically like a social viral agency. So brands would come to us and be like, hey, uh, we have this viral content or we want, we want to get this content viral. We're in this content with this player, whatever it is. So we get paid like that, did ad deals and we're making revenue on, on social. And then I threw that money into building a website, getting a tech team. And then, and an then app. The, the article business started growing. And then the app came after, that, or after the website as well. Was there a certain company that you looked towards as like inspiration or did you kind of like, yeah. you know, pick certain good aspects that you like for multiple media companies? Well, obviously you look at like the top guys, right? Right now, if you look at the landscape, according to like a shareably stats, which kind of tracks social stats online, we're like right, right. Number, number five overall, um, number two overall on Facebook, right? So we're really big on Facebook and we're, we're I kind of, one of the big mistakes I made was like, I was like, oh, we, we have Facebook on lock. Let's just keep going with Facebook. And then I started just being so heads down on Facebook. I lost attention of Instagram or, or Snapchat or TikTok and all these new things that were happening. So now my big new motto has been every new platform that comes, we get our brand on there and we establish it. So right. that's one of the mistakes I learned there. You guys um, are on TikTok now. We are on TikTok. We just hit 50,000 followers today. Um, so... I'll never be able to catch up to you guys. We're at like 13,000 or something, but uh, oh, there that's you go. Good. I mean, I'll just say here, let me, let me just tell you about my experience. Um, I'd say 99% of the content that I see from Clutch Points is on Instagram. Occasionally I'll see it on TikTok or Facebook when I'm scrolling through, but I'd say a vast majority is on Instagram since that's where I am for, you know, majority of my day. Yeah. And I'll say there's no other entity, account, thing, company 
that creates content with that excels in terms of promptness and appearance as you guys do. So I want to know, like, I, first off, I mean, the graphics in general are very like just clear. They stick out to me. They're very good and detailed. Are you the one making them or is there somebody yeah. that's like, you know, a team of people that are there every second of the day, just like ready to, you know, put out the next graphic? Yeah, it's actually the latter. So basically, as you said, we, we do, that is our brand, right? Getting those graphics out quick and promptly. But we understand that we're not going to break the news like Woj does or Shams does every right. time. So about taking that news. Um, so this is, I'll explain how our process works, right? So we have scours that are like constantly searching the internet, right? Every single tweet that comes out, everything the player's posting, all that kind of stuff. We're aggregating all that into one common central feed. And then from there, they're basically coming up with cool captions, cool text, punny stuff, all the right. unique stuff that makes it creative. Captures people's attention. People like it. Yeah. And then the social editors will then take that, optimize it, make sure they put in like, hey, the graphic should be LeBron sitting on the beach drinking a margarita or something like that, right? To make it really creative. And then we do have full-time graphics team. We have 15 full-time guys that are split into shifts throughout the day. Uh, there's an average about three to four per hour, every single hour of the day. So they're instantly taking that content and we're pumping them out. We do about, about 100 to 150 graphics a day. Um, and that's just the graphic side of our business. We do the same thing on our article side. We do about 100 to 150 articles. Right. Are they, so are they the people that are also posting on not just Clutch Points or Clutch Points MBA, but also like the Clippers account you have or the Hawks account, you know what I mean? So, yeah, the so we have on. one centralized process where people, because initially I was like, you know, it'd be great if we just had all Clippers fans during the Clipper one. So it's like, it comes from a Clippers fan's voice. But the issue we ran into there is like, there's not always Clippers news every single minute, every single hour of the day. Right, but and you got to keep people engaged. Yeah, exactly. But there's always NBA news. So right, the thought always. process was, hey, let's just get a streamlined group of people. Let's get four people constantly monitoring the industry for everything happening in the NBA. And we split it up by team or genre or sport or however we want to do it. And then we're able to get everything throughout the day in a centralized process. So would you say that you're satisfied with the way your team has kind of handled the transition now, having to look and even, you know, the term you use scour for content in different ways now that there's no major sports going on at all? Yeah, so it's very different. What we used to do before when games were going on is we would live tweet, right? So there's games going on and we would right. live tweet them as they're happening, clip some of the most interesting parts, make some funny comments, captions, things like that. So transitioning away from that of a more scheduled approach to the transition has now been, hey, forget about games. Obviously, there's no games, but let's focus on what the players are doing off the court. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, right. what, are they, what are they talking? Where are they talking? All that kind of stuff. So we have people attentive on that kind of content more so now. Um, and then we're live tweeting people that are going live. So LeBron goes live, Dwayne Wade goes live, Chris Paul goes live. Right. These players that go live, we can then live tweet it. It's just not on a schedule anymore. And some of these players do put schedules on it, but sometimes it's like, hey, you get a notification saying LeBron just went live. And you're like, okay, we got to cover this just like we would cover a game. And I'm telling you, some of the best quotes I've seen on Instagram come from those live streams. Yeah, they do. I mean, you had Melo the other day say LeBron saved his life. So Yeah, I, I, was, I was watching that. I mean, their, their live streams when it's Melo and D-Wade, that one was just, you know, pure entertainment right there. Yeah. What would you say you personally is one of your favorite experiences that has come from being in your position as a CEO? Well, I think the favorite part about 
about my job and being the CEO in general, it's just the fact that I can work on sports all day. And to be honest, I was already doing this before anyways. I might not have been working, but I was watching it. Now right, I get to right. watch it and basically every, our entire business is just commentating on sports, right? Whether it be articles, graphics, videos, tweets, all that kind of stuff. It just allows me to, it allows me and the team to express how they truly feel about sports through all of the different platforms and channels that we have now. So what would you say, you guys are everywhere now, but is there one platform in particular that's your favorite for you personally, just as a user, and then also for clutch points where you see like the biggest future? Well, I mean, I think the biggest feature, if you were to see right now, is probably TikTok, right? I think right. the biggest feature is in something that has the most potential to grow, uh, which I think I see on, on TikTok. I mean, we have um, grown so fast and it can happen just through one or two posts. So that's the one I'm most excited about. In terms of which ones I like using, um, I might be a little bit old school, but I still like using Facebook. <laughs> really? Um, just in general, just because you get some really interesting content. It kind of gets mixed in with your friends and things like that. It's cool. I think Instagram is also great, but it's a lot of people that just sometimes it's fake. It's like a lot of aesthetic stuff. It's, you got to know like what's reliable. More, more authentic. You know, I agree with that. And I'm almost upset at, upset at myself with not, you know, jumping in the game earlier uh, yeah. on Facebook because I know, you know, in its prime, there was so much potential. And then even past Facebook, there was potential to, you know, expand your following to another platform like Instagram was the next one that came on. Yeah. So, I mean, even I was, I was late to the scene, um, but you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. Nothing, no, nothing like clutch points. But what I'm saying is a little pissed at myself that I didn't get enough of that user experience in terms of sports from Facebook. Yeah, I think it's a complete, and we look at it very differently, right? Like what people like on Facebook, but if you were to tell me which one I think has the best branding potential, I think Instagram does, right? Cause like people know and associate that, that brand with us and see it through explore and know like our main goal when I was sitting down with our graphics guy, what, two years, two, three years ago, we started this whole graphic operation was everyone cuts out logos, everyone cuts out watermarks. We need a template here that no matter if our watermark is there or not, people know this is a clutch point. Right. Graphic. And that's kind of what we've been trying to build over these last few years. That is, the, I'll just say true, like everything or the, the, I like it how I'm just personally a very neat person and I like to be organized. And I'll tell you, I scroll through Instagram all day. And I love how every single content, no matter what it's, you know, every piece of content, no matter what it's about, has that same signature theme to it, which like I, is really, really cool. So I like that. Um, is there anything in the future, maybe something you're working on, have planned for that you're, you know, developing, you know, you want to roll out soon that you want to say or sharing, or is there anything maybe like, you know, you don't want to share, you don't have to. Yeah, I mean, in terms of, in terms of platforms, going back to that, I mean, I think Twitter is a big one for us. We want to really make a unique splash on Twitter. It's really hard to do it because you got to have someone like literally on it 24 seven. If you're not the first few to it, it essentially doesn't matter because Twitter right. is too. That's all about promptness. Yeah. But the big thing, I mean, the, the big thing we want to work on here is like transitioning. Our entire model has been by fans for fans, right? It's, it's, right. it's the whole, all the content is done by authentic fans and it's given to authentic fans. So from my perspective, I think the big thing I want to focus on is creativity to a whole new level. I want to take our posters. I want to move away from cutouts. I want to move away from just photos that anyone can have. And every single photo or quote we do, it should really show what, what the meaning of that graphic is. So like I said, LeBron on the beach or someone in outer space or all that kind of stuff. We want to make it a reality through graphics and be known as the coolest, most aesthetic way to get your content. Right. So a little bit of a shift in focus. I just want to ask personally something I've been wondering is yeah. 
what's your perspective on you incorporating your personal brand with the company? So like, what's your thoughts on when someone thinking of clutch points thinking, Oh, Nish Patel is the CEO and founder. Like how important is that to you? Yeah. To be honest, it wasn't that important in the beginning because I was all about the grind and just building it. But now I think it, it is very important. I think that's my key focus here in 2020 is building that authentic brand for myself so people can understand the Clutch Points brand and vision as well. So getting my vision out so they understand the Clutch Points vision and it becomes more, more real and personable than just being a brand on Instagram or a brand on Twitter or someone that writes articles. People actually associate like, oh, this is the meaning um, behind it. So that, that's kind of the ultimate goal. And I feel like you're at a point in your life where like, you know, you know, you're not applying for jobs. Like I'm younger. I'm still applying for jobs, you know, looking around, meeting new people trying to network. And of course you're trying to network, but if someone were to ask you like, what do you do? And then you, you explain them what clutch points is like, what's your like little pitch that you give them? Like, what do you say? Yeah. So what do I say? Right. So in terms of clutch points, what I say is we're, we're kind of broken up into three buckets. We have, the, we have the editorial side of clutch points, which is all the articles, news, updates. Right. Uh, we have the, the, the social side, which includes graphics, original content, uh, video and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we have the app, app business as well. So we have a unique way to follow the game live. Um, not only does it give you play by play, like LeBron dunked the ball, LeBron hit a three, right. You'll see live reactions, live photos, videos, and we have an algorithm that basically pulls the top content real time and pulls it into a catered stream for you. So. That's kind of the three parts of our business. If I were explaining like an elevator pitch, uh, right. but inside of each one, it's, it's a lot more uh, comprehensive as well. I've been trying to work on my elevator pitch for so long. And I just feel like no matter how good it is, there's always room for improvement. Oh yeah. It can always get better. Um, and I just want to wrap this up uh, with some advice. I like to do that in every episode with everyone I'm talking to. So for someone yeah. that obviously on a, on a smaller level is looking to pursue their passion in content creation or in the sports media industry. What's your advice to them in terms of, I'll give you, you know, a more specific guideline to go off of quantity versus quality of posts. That's a question I get a lot for, you know, for people trying to build their own pages, which one do you, would you say is more important? Yeah. So that's an interesting question. Obviously the, the way to say it would be quality, right? Quality, right. obviously quality over quantity always, but it depends on what you're doing. If you're getting into sports for us, for example, there's so much content that if we miss a few things, then it's like, we didn't get everything that we needed to get done. Right. Um, so it's kind of a mix of the two for us. It's about having quality quantity to start. That's how we build the stuff. We put a lot of quantity out, see what hits and then get rid of the stuff that doesn't hit and then double down. And then over time, as the page gets bigger, we get stricter saying, Hey, it's all about quality now. So I think in the starting point, you don't really know what from your uh, quantity is quality. So just put a lot of stuff out there. Obviously, make sure it's good stuff, but be more experimental. Try as right. much stuff as you can in the beginning and then double down on every single genre that works. Take notes, um, see what captions work, all that kind of stuff, just so you can build like, okay, this is what people care about. And I'd say the end goal is to, you know, be able to excel at both. Yeah. Some people are naturally gifted and they can, you know, go on Photoshop and make something that looks very, very appealing while also, you know, serves a purpose is, is a very high quality post and post idea. So people with that gift, I'd say you're, you know, you're already off to a good start 10 miles above, you know, ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, if something looks appealing, it, you know, people are just going to spend, you know, the extra second reading what it has to say, in my opinion. 
Yeah, and that's that's our whole vision too, right? Like that yeah, that appeal. We when you're scrolling through Instagram, you, you're not you're not like coming and it's understanding these platforms, right? When you're on Instagram, you're scrolling, you're not coming across this content because you search for it. It's not like you went to Google and said, like, I want news about Kobe Bryant or LeBron right. James, or it is. You gotta you gotta think about someone who has really low attention span, comes across this and it it's like, oh, this is interesting enough for me to read. It grabs you. So that's that's what our core focus is on on every single thing. Thinking from the fans' perspective, not from a publisher pushing it out. Right. And those first one to point five to one seconds of someone reaching your content is the most important. Exactly. Yeah. Especially for TikTok too, now that everything's about watch time. So yeah. if you have like suspenseful music in the first few seconds, I'm sure you know it might do better than something with no music, just because you know you keep the person pulled in in the first few seconds. Yeah. So um, final question. I want to know, are, are you active in like, not even active, but just do you read some of the DMs that you get on different social media platforms? So the entire business, when I first started, um, the first hire that we made was actually someone to just look through the DMs. Cause I built the business on responding to DMs, responding to comments, always being responsive. After a while, it got way too much and we couldn't get to everyone. And we started the website, we started the app, it kind of lost touch. But I realized recently over the last three, four months that I was like, we need to go back to our roots because that's what made us grow. So if we want to grow on these other platforms, we have to do that. So we now have a role that someone's engaging with the community. They're taking the clutch points content, um, engaging with fans, engaging on other posts, responding to DMs. And it's just part of our process now because I think it's really crucial to be involved with the community like that. So what would you say is if you have one, if not, it's completely okay. The weirdest DM you've ever seen or funniest. Well, we have some like LeBron fan pages. So we have like a LeBron Nation fan page. And yeah. some people ask us like, hey, LeBron, can you get us tickets to the games? Or, hey, oh, LeBron, they think you're, they think you're LeBron. And I was like, we're not actually LeBron. We're just a LeBron fan page here. It's, it literally says LeBron Nation. That's, that's um, funny. So those kinds of DMs we get all the time. And then we'll get DMs saying, hey, can you ban this other person? Because they said this in this, ch- in this comment. And stuff oh, like yeah, nah. Little, little petty stuff like that. Yeah. So I really appreciate you coming on. This was an amazing interview, in my opinion. I, I mean, you were great, and I'm really glad I reached out and we were able to make this happen. Yeah, thanks for reaching out, and um, best of luck with your, your future shows here. Thank you. I'll see you. Yep, bye.